Uh, excuse me, is this the Content Cafe? Yes, it is. How can I help you, kind sir? Well, I was wanting some content. Uh, let me see. Uh, could I have uh, a blog sandwich with podcast pate, some cheese, an infographic souffle, uh, some more cheese, some Facebook fritters, Twitter twists, and a LinkedIn lemon and lime on the side. That's a lot of content. Sounds like you need a plan with all that. Good job we have Andy Lambert on today's podcast. He's talking all about planning content for your live videos. Let's be doing it then. This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, we can go live! Welcome to episode 12 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. I am Ian Anson Gray, and I'm so excited that you're here to listen to the show. This show is sponsored by my good friends at content10x.com. Content10x are experts in content repurposing. They provide a full end-to-end repurposing service. So if you go live on Facebook or whatever platform, they will then take that video, the the pre-recorded video that it ends up becoming, and explode it across the internet for you into a plethora of different content, saving you time and helping you build your business. And they've also got an awesome blog and podcast packed with great advice on all things repurposing. So I'm really excited to have my good friend Andy Lambert here on the show. Andy has over 10 years experience of creating markets, building profitable businesses and leadership roles in industry-leading SaaS organizations. One of the founding team of ContentCal, a social media marketing technology software that's since launching in January 2017 has grown to being used by over 25,000 businesses in 140 countries. It's great to have you here, Andy. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Ian. It's an absolute pleasure to be on. I've been threatening to do this for a while, so uh, it's great to be here. <laughs> we have been threatening to do this for a while. Well, it's 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 one of those things. This this podcast has been threatening to happen for probably over a year, maybe more than that. And one of the first episodes I produced was actually on why this podcast almost never happens and the art of procrastination. Anyway, you're here now. I am indeed. I am indeed. And actually, um, a bit of a plug for your sponsor, because that Content 10X thing was something I was going to talk about today, um, because it's a very, very valuable principle. Yeah, love it. Absolutely. Well, repurposing is so, so important. We're going to be talking about that, but we're going to be talking particularly about planning that content, because something that I've learned over the years is it's so easy just to to not have a plan and just to post out whenever you think about things. But actually, when you have a plan, when you have a bit more of a strategy, it works so much better. You're focused a lot more on the the kind of content that's going to resonate with your audience. So I'm excited to talk to you about that today. I gave a bit of a bio. Anything else you would like to add to that? You know, how did you get started in in this whole world? And also, can you remember how we first met? I can indeed. I can indeed. Very early days. So uh, yeah, how we got started and then we'll come on to, to how we met. And this beautiful relationship started. So, yeah, we're initially a social media agency about four or so years ago. So content planning was our thing. 
for all of our clients, we would create them a content plan, separating them from themes into different channels, into different objectives, audiences, that kind of thing. Typically, there was no better way to plan it than on a Excel spreadsheet or Google sheet if we were feeling particularly glamorous. Um, so we could send it to our clients for approval. And that's obviously a little bit unwieldy after a while. So basically, we are a, an example of scratching your own itch, so to speak. So we built a, a product for ourselves of which we launched to the market, as you said, in, in early 2017. And seemingly our pain was shared by others. You know, it's, it's, it's grown fairly well. And, you know, in very early days, actually pre-launch. So I think it must have been around... Oof, November or something 2016, where um, I saw a review that you had done, Seven Reasons Not to Use Hootsuite. I think that article has been haunting you ever since. <laughs> and yeah, I just wrote to you because the article was really informative. And it was, you know, it's, it's rare that you see an article from that perspective. You would say like, oh, Hootsuite's incredible or this product's incredible. Actually, you know, maybe consider it from another angle. So I really liked it. And plus, when I had a look at the, the stats on the article, lots of people read it. So uh, I thought, oh, I wonder what Ian makes of our product. And, you know, I traveled up to see you and had a coffee and here we are. Yeah, that was really good fun. I, yeah, I, I can't believe it's been two, just two years. I mean, it feels like, I mean, in some ways, you know, it doesn't feel that long ago. But it also, it feels like Content Cal has been a thing for a lot longer than that. I'm sure you would say the same. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I had a full head of hair before starting this. Um, yeah, so no, it does. Yeah, it's, it's a really weird thing to explain because it feels like it's been a lifetime, but at the same time, it feels like yesterday. So, But I guess that's, that's the nature of anything in the world of small business and social media as well. It's just, everything happens at you know, at lightning pace. I probably shouldn't say that actually considering what's happened to your internet. <laughs> Sorry. Well, um, that's, that's true. Just if you're listening to the podcast, we, we were talking about this before the, the we started recording and this this was that uh, my, uh, about 10 meters away uh, was there was a lightning strike and the whole street's internet went down and I've only just got it up, back up and running. So yes, uh, anyway, enough of that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You've reminded me really about that article that I wrote probably back in, 2012. I, I wonder, I think it's like, that's when I wrote the seven reasons not to use Hootsuite article. And it all came about really as I had nothing against Hootsuite. I just had a few frustrations about it. So I thought, well, everyone else is writing about how amazing it is. Let's focus on maybe what isn't quite so good about it. And so I wrote an article and I think it started with four reasons and then extended it to seven. And yeah, it just, for some reason, it really resonated with people. And I've created other articles out there on different tools and, and expanded on that. And as a result of that article, really, it, it's, it's that, that, has, that launched my speaking career and it really launched my business. So it just shows you the power of content, that uh, particularly evergreen content. And, and uh, just investing that time at the start can uh, really, really help in the long term for your business. So it just highlights the power of content, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. I mean, it's, it really is the textbook example, really. And um, just and a textbook example of why SEO is important, because I, I remember now how I found the article. I was looking at, I typed into Google Hootsuite pricing, and that was the first organic result underneath yeah. the, uh, the PPC stuff. 
Um, so that's impressive, impressive SEO work there, Ian. So <laughs> accidentally or not, I don't know. Well, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to be honest about this because I think a lot of people get overly concerned about the technicalities of SEO. And I'm not knocking that. I think there is absolutely, we, we should be looking at the technicalities of SEO. But I'll be totally honest. I didn't think about that at all when I was writing those articles. I was focused on quality and delivering value. And it was the same with my article on, on Facebook Live. I, I don't want this to end up being um, a conversation all about my articles, by the way. But just to use these as, a, as an example, that the Facebook Live article, again, I was just wanting to deliver value and, and make something that was much more detailed than what I saw out there. And that did really well from an SEO point of view. So yeah, I, I think when it comes to that, creating valuable content, whether it is live video, video content, or podcast, or blog posts, it just needs to be really valuable. Then people will share it out. And yeah, you'll do well. I mean, that's, yes. the, sim that's the simple solution anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect example, really, because you know, as we spend so much time in this industry, everything's around like hacks or shortcuts or the ways to, to manipulate things for, for a certain result. And it's, it's something I've never subscribed to really, because as long as you're planning things well, i.e. you know the audience that you're talking to, you know the objective behind what you're, what you're saying, um, and then you create a, a huge amount of value because you've established a gap in the market or, you know, gap in the audience, then ultimately it's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, the more people read it, more people to share it, then the better it's going to rank. So really it's, it's a perfect, even though you don't want to talk about your own articles, it, it's a, it sets a scene perfectly for what we're going to talk about. And it's, it's, it's nice to keep things real sometimes where, you know, that, that's the beauty of content. And sometimes we get lost in technicalities and hacks and, you know, shortcuts. Oh yeah. I think we, we all probably, most of us at least, we do like the idea of hacks and tips and techniques and all those kind of things. And there's, there's sometimes there are some little hacks that you can do, but it doesn't get away from the fact that a lot of this is hard work and a hard graft. That is one reason why I do love live video. I think, you know, creating a blog post like that takes a huge amount of effort. Whereas with a live video, like what we're doing today, we're creating content. And then from this, I'm then able to repurpose this into a podcast and then into a blog post, which is far easier than just starting from scratch. So that's something I'm a big, a big believer on. Believe it in? In. 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 That's the <laughs> I had a preposition problem then. My goodness. <laughs> It's nice the, alliteration, though. I think you've redeemed it with your alliteration there. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's good. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Anyway, right. So, first of all, I, I want to ask the question, why plan content? Why should we be planning content and not just doing it when we feel like it? I mean, it all comes down to the fact that, I mean, there's there's nothing in life that, hasn't, that doesn't work better with a plan. That's typically the way that, that I would see it. But, uh, oh, as, as I said a second ago, the, the point is, is that, for you to deliver content of value, this doesn't happen by accident. It happens as, you know, it's a deliberate purpose. So if we were taking your Hootsuite article, you know, it had a distinct purpose because Hootsuite were the de facto choice in the market and you wanted to, to ex explain the reasons why it potentially isn't as good as everyone thinks, right? And the same with, with Facebook Live, you know, there's, there's an educational gap around it. So you establish the need there. That doesn't happen by accident. That happens through kind of a, a deliberate approach to something. 
whereby you understand what your business is about, you understand your, the audience that you're talking to, you understand the gaps in their potential knowledge and the ways that you can fill those. So in order for you to do that, you're going to need to plan it. But then, of course, no one's going to be able to make something a success if you do things one-off. Success is a, is a cause of habit, right? Mm. So uh, whether it's you know, building a business or you know, doing anything in life, you know, success is a result of, of a regular, regular achievement. Because fundamentally, if you, someone watches this, goes away, feels inspired, creates one Facebook Live video or, or creates a big long-form piece of content, the chances of that suddenly becoming a, a viral hit like your, your Hootsuite article was, the chances of that are incredibly low. So the ways to improve your chances of success is by changing your behavior and the behavior to make it a consistent, deliberate process. Basically, that's my pitch on why plan. <laughs> well, I think you've, you've used the word that I love, and that's consistency. How do you become consistent? One of the best ways is to plan. If you don't plan, then you will not be consistent. And this is one of the reasons why I think I failed so often to produce consistent content, because I just didn't have a plan. And, and it's the same thing I see with my clients and with my audience and people out there. They, they just are frustrated with themselves that they're not consistent with producing content. And it wasn't until I actually had a plan and I planned it all out that I was consistent. And wouldn't you agree with that, just that the consistency is the key? It is. It's absolutely the key. So, and planning sometimes feels a bit onerous to begin with, right? Because you think, okay, so I've got to design all of this, build all this, and then I've got to deliver on it. But the point is, is that, you know, things and progress and consistency doesn't have to be massive step forwards on every day. The fact that every day you're making progress towards a certain objective then that is consistency. But it's, it's, a, it's a behavioral change that you can stay consistent with. I think one of the, the, the key things that we often talk about when I'm kind of discussing content planning with, with people that want to do it better, one of the, the challenges that I, I have is like whatever tool you use, whatever process you use, however you plan, just make sure that you can do this on a regular basis, whether that's daily, whether it's weekly or monthly, whatever makes, makes most sense. Because while I see a lot of people do with all best intentions, create a massive plan, uh, I've seen some incredibly well-color-coded, organized strategies, but ultimately they die off after a month. And that's, that's an issue. So whatever you create needs to be manageable you know, around all of the other tasks that you need to do as part of your business or your daily life. So um, yeah, we can talk about that some more, but that consistency, yeah. Is, yeah, that consistency is a result of being realistic as well. I love that. That's so, so important because, again, think, you know, think about my own experience that I've probably overcomplicated things and I've, I've created this master plan that's going to be amazing and I'm going to have like seven live shows per week and Instagram live and then a LinkedIn live and then 500 tweets per week. And it all sounds great, but actually it's just, it's just too much and it's just not necessary. It's always best to start small be, you know, maybe focus on one thing and do that consistently, unless you have a big team. But even if you have a big team, wouldn't you agree that at least focus on doing one thing well first and then over time build it up and see what's working? Look at the analytics and the reports and check what's actually resonating with your audience too. Exactly. Sometimes it's even harder in a bigger team, to be honest. So starting small so you can celebrate those smaller wins because the wins might be as small as saying, this week I'm going to go live once for example, right? And I'm going to talk about this theme once, or this week I want to be able to 
to start you know, a, a Facebook Live challenge, for example, and I want to gain 10 followers. If you do that, even though it might feel like you've got, you know, you're not making massive progress, but very quickly, you know, suddenly, like, not very quickly, after, you know, six months or so of doing it and being consistent, you'll look back and go, I'm really pleased I started there or started then because suddenly things have started ramping up. Um, a good example is that we were just looking at our Facebook group that we set up just, you know, as, as a little test thing probably about three months ago. And we just have, you know, it's a daily consistent process just to, to create some content in it every day and engage with the community in it. And looked in today, we barely put any, any real effort in, I would say. We've just been consistent once every week. And there's, there's 500 members in that group. And suddenly you're like, oh, okay, I'm really pleased we bought, built a foundation now. So there's a lot more you can start doing to take the second phase. With those 500 people in that group, we can start actually start running some challenges with them and start doing you know, some more Facebook Lives, for example, because suddenly there's an, there's an audience there. But it, all of this, it's like a step, stepped process whereby your consistency in the first couple of months has just been about building a foundation. The next level you think, okay, next month I want to be able to, to do this. And I think one of the things with planning is that we can get carried away by thinking, okay, well, in five months I want to create or have 10,000 followers. It's really difficult to, for that to motivate daily activity you know as a high level goal that's that's kind of fine but i would always stick to like, like just create a plan for the month ahead because the data as you've already pointed out around analytics the data is going to tell you something potentially different to what you believed initially so creating a month plan that you can stick to isn't too onerous and you commit to building on that plan month on month then then you're going to move forward that's great. Yeah. So, so don't just, it's, it's not a bad thing necessarily to have a two, a one year, two year, three year plan. When it comes to content, focusing on maybe the next month and, and looking at it from that point of view. So are there different stages in planning? You know, if you're starting with a blank canvas, you've got the vague idea that you want to, to go live. People who've been listening to this podcast for the, the first you know, we're on episode 12. So hopefully I've convinced people of the power of live video. Otherwise, I may as well give up now. People see that as a really positive thing, but they don't really know more than that. They haven't really thought about what they should do and when they should do it. What would be a good place to start? And what are the different stages of planning content? So first one, lots of people will say this, and I'm sure there's probably something I could share visually, um, maybe maybe after this or send it out to your, to your subscribers, is what we would call your persona. So we have a very clear person that all of our content is created around. So um, that persona is the most important thing that drives all of our content and all of our planning. Because essentially, anything you're creating is built for that someone. So a persona would contain things like, you know, is that, is that a male or female? What's the age demographic, for example? Where are they located? What are their challenges? What are their fears? What, what are the things that they enjoy? Those kind of things. And all of that will be informed either by you doing a survey or you might have that information already if you're a slightly larger business. For example, you know, we're not a large business, we have 25 employees, but all of that information is in our CRM. Right, so we can just pull that out and you know, at the beginning of the quarter we know exactly who our kind of customer demographic is. So that informs everything that we do because essentially we're talking to someone, right? 
content is being consumed by someone like you or I on the other end. So that content people need to consume is, you know, it's, it's tailored for a human who is going to have the same attention deficit and distractions that we do, right? You're competing, your content's competing for, against all the other noise in someone's daily life. So that helps you make it, make sure it's incredibly specific. Now, once you've created that persona and you know exactly that Ian is, is our customer, it's always good to give them a name as well. So it kind of brings it to life. So Ian, so Ian is, our, is our customer, a prospect or whomever. That is who we're talking to at the end of this, this Facebook Live. People that have similar challenges, fears, objectives to Ian. And then that informs that next phase. So once you, you've got your persona now, then it's just it's on to the, the topics or the themes. So I'm a, we're big proponents here at Content Cal about you know, categorizing your content into certain themes because that persona is going to have a multitude of different interests. So if I if I use Content Cal's business as an example, so we have a persona which is slightly biased towards female, 25 to 35. We know they pretty much spend most of their time on Facebook to consume their information and some other challenges and fears. So that's the persona. So the next level underneath that is the kind of themes. So those individuals, what kind of businesses are in? Mostly for our customers, they're solopreneurs, freelancers, or smaller businesses, right? People sub 50 employees. So someone that's sub 50 employees knows that it's, uh, they're pretty close to the coal face of running a business. So one of the main themes now is scaling a business, building a business, and us sharing our experiences around that. So that's a theme. Even though we're not talking about social media technologies, it's all about creating affinity and creating engagement with an audience, as everyone in social will use that word. So that theme will be small business growth. Another theme might be social media trends. Another theme might be content planning tips, for example. So out of that, I wouldn't do too many themes. We'll start with three uh, rules of three. It feels pretty comfortable. And then once you take those themes, you can now start creating content around those themes. So something around business growth, start with the the opening strand to that theme, because each theme will spin off like a tree around the kind of different topics related to that theme. So uh, a topic related to small business might be raising investment, might be dealing with objections, how to create leads. All of that, suddenly you're like, I've got too much content that I just don't know where I should start first. And that's, it's only when you have that conversation with people in person that they go, ah, it's like a light bulb moment. Like, actually, there is so much to say because it's amazing how, how interesting things can be to other people. We just, it's not interesting to us because we know, you know, we live in this world. We know it. So, um, and someone said this to me the other day because someone was running a course around like LinkedIn training. I was like, huh, interesting. Like the kind of stuff they were training, I was like, surely that's obvious. But the person I was talking to me was like, no, it's obvious to you, not to anyone else because this, this is the world you live in. So I think once you do those themes and topics and work in that, you'll start to realize actually, you know what? You do know stuff around certain things and you are very interesting because um, I think Ian, you had actually done a piece around this. Um, I can't remember what format it was in, but talking about like imposter syndrome. And it's a real thing because when I started talking about stuff to do with business growth and, you know, scaling a content marketing business, it's like the first, it's the first time of doing this. It's like the first time you running Confident Live Academy. It's the first time of you doing it. And we all suffer with that kind of imposter syndrome, inferiority complex. But in fact, actually, 
um, you know, you know what you're doing. You know, you've, you've been there, you've done that. So you've got a lot of value. That was a massive tangent, sorry. <laughs> no, that, that is absolutely brilliant. It, it kind of follows on really well from last week's podcast. We had Claire Yosa talking about how to tame your inner negative voice that we all have, yeah. you know, which is kind I of think. imposter syndrome, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I, and, and you're so right with this whole thing of thinking, assuming that everyone else will know everything about what you do and, and your, your expertise. And I think I talked about this a couple of episodes ago where I was speaking at a conference where I had loads of questions from people. And one of the questions was, what is live video? I just assumed everyone knew what it was. People were asking me very basic questions. So actually, we need to be going out there and answering the questions that our audience are asking. And, and a lot of the time, they'll be quite simple, quite basic, but we are going to be the best people to answer those questions because uh, they're in our, they're our audience. So I, I love that, they, they, those themes that you uh, were talking about and uh, the persona. I struggled with those things for a while and I wonder whether our listeners will be struggling with those things because the whole idea of having a persona, it kind of feels like you have to think of one person. So for example, I've thought of mine as, as probably being female, but originally I didn't want to do that because I know that I will have lots of male listeners to this and I'm not just focused on females. But it, So it's not to say that you are just going just by sticking with one, that you're somehow going to stop all other people watching or listening or reading your content. It's just it really helps you with producing that content, I think. And then the second thing that I think is, was so, so important with what you were saying is the whole idea of themes. And again, I didn't think about this for ages until this podcast. And I've come up with three main themes to this podcast. The, the confidence in front of the camera, the technology, and then today's theme is the content and the marketing and how you, know, how you come up with all of that. You've made me feel better of actually doing something right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Nailed it. So Fab. that's it. But when you explain it, it doesn't sound so complex anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you break it down like, like all of this stuff. It's not, it can be overwhelming very quickly. But, and this is the point about planning and getting things out from in, in your mind. And suddenly when you write it down and go, okay, so here's our persona, here's some three themes we're working to. And underneath those themes, let's put just for now three topics. So immediately what we've got is nine different angles of content before we even talk about where that content could be distributed. And just you write that down in a little kind of like flow chart and then suddenly, you know, stick that up on your wall and right there, that will at a high level, this is more kind of strategy than tactics, but from a strategic perspective, that's going to, that's going to see you up, see you right for the next, you know, next month or two. That's for sure. Oh, that's great. And I think one thing I've found really helpful is, is actually going out away from the office. If you've got a team, maybe go get, get away from technology and just bounce ideas off people and maybe just write some, something down in a, in a notepad. But... Once we, we get returned to the office, we, we can rely on technology. Have you got some thoughts on this? Well, of course, I know you do have some thoughts on this because obviously Content Cal is, is, is a tool that helps with planning that content. What's your view on once you've got those ideas or, or how, how do you use technology to actually uh, make, this, make this whole process more productive? So three ways. Uh, so number one, having that like flow chart that I've spoken about, you know, persona, themes, topics, having that in a destination that you are not going to forget about it. Hiding it away in an Excel spreadsheet that you don't open again, no good. Having it somewhere that you, that you visit every day, good thing. So, uh, and I'm also a massive fan of like sticking things up on walls and, you know, making it really visual, really real. 
Anyway, so that's, it's creating that strategy and having that as a kind of a daily focus so you don't lose sight of it. Two, one of the things that's going to massively help reduce like the, the cognitive load of coming up with ideas, because one of the hardest things about social bar nothing, social content in general, is just relentlessly coming up with ideas. Because you've got to be a creative, you've got to be a strategist, you've got to be a salesperson, a marketer, all in one to create content. But actually, you know, one of the things to make sure that you keep your creative juices flowing is just by able to kind of plan things in, you know, in our case with Content Cal in a calendar format. So you can say these certain national days or these things are happening on these key days. This might give me another opportunity for me to use that to, to leverage some other content when you're struggling with ideas. Also, in things like Content Cal or other tools, you can just store all of your ideas because, you know, you mentioned the point about going out for a walk, for example. Ideas happen at sometimes the most inopportune moments. And the, the irony of being creative, it happens when you're not trying. You know, you're not sat there staring at expression, going, oh, right, what can I do this, this week? Actually, it's when your mind suddenly becomes free. And often with me, it's the point where I'm about to go to sleep. And, you know, your mind goes off into random tangents and you're yeah. like, so I have a notepad next to my bed. I'm like, oh, right, that's a good one. That's for tomorrow. But like Content Cal has that notion of like a pinboard section just to throw your ideas in that you just, you know, you don't know what to do with them yet. Yeah, but you're going to, you'll probably use them again. So one, you've got like a, a daily visualization of like your high level strategy, persona, themes, topics. You've got a place where you can store your ideas and uh, anything that might be happening on a, on a kind of day-by-day -day calendar basis so that you're getting your creative juices flowing. It isn't like trying to plan from scratch every time. So already you've got a bit of a guide. And the third thing is, is that uh, what, what we're big proponents of here is the, the methodology of, of COPE. So create once, publish everywhere, right? So, and this kind of falls into the, the content 10X thing when I, you know, I said I kind of like their, their theory because, you know, it's a theory we believe in. So obviously Content Cal is a place where you plan and also publish all of your content from. So you can publish to blogs, you can publish to, you know, send content to email, you can plan your Facebook lives, you can publish Facebook to directly to Facebook, you know, your, you know, to your feed from there, publish to Instagram, publish to your stories on Insta. So you can send content in so many different places. So it gives you a perfect place to, once you've done your strategy, you've got your ideas, you've now got to the point where you've, you're creating a live video, for example, that live video is just the start. So you've, you've distributed it as we're distributing it today, but then the recorded version, for example, we can, we can package up, push to YouTube, we can push it out to our mailing list. There's all of those things. So what you're doing, you're kind of, you're sticking together all of your planning and your distribution all into one place. Sorry, that sounded like a sales pitch. I didn't mean to be. Hopefully it was useful. No, 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 it wasn't sales yeah. pitch. You know. I mean, I, I, I think that's so, so, uh, you've just described the whole process of producing content, but not just not just the producing of the content, it's the planning of it. And then is also the repurposing of content and getting it out to all those different networks out there, which is really important. And, and obviously there are other tools other than Content Cal. I haven't just got a Andy on as, as a sales pitch, although I, I don't think he, it wasn't a sales pitch, but you know, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I really like Content Cal. It's a fabulous tool. It really does help, particularly if, if you've got a team. It, they, I love the whole pinboard thing and you, the whole idea 
of pinning ideas in the team. But even if you're just a solo business owner, it just helps you to get all that content down uh, and then it helps you plan it and then uh, schedule or schedule, depending on how you pronounce it, out to uh, to the interwebs, which is really, really good. You're also able to do uh, reports as well and analytics, aren't you? You can actually see, I mean, obviously you can get this on the individual, the individual networks, but you can... Content Cal does do reporting too, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess the one, one thing to mention on that is because you can organize your content by theme and category, yep. just as we were talking about before, um, that pulls through to analytics. So one thing that's really important because say you've got your nine different topics or three themes above those topics, you can organize the content and color code it by so, across those themes. So that, that's why I said it's like a monthly evaluation and evolution process that at the end of month one, you'll look at how your content's performed related to your theme of, you know, in our case, small business growth, for example, or raising investment or whatever. And the things that aren't performing well, aren't driving engagement, they get cut and replaced with other ones. So uh, the ones that are doing well, you know, they get a higher percentage share of the amount of content that we create for those. So really important. It's like a self-fulfilling thing. So that's why I'm like, just once you've got your high level plan that we're talking about, persona topics uh, themes topics mm. once you've got that nailed then just just focus on the month focus on being consistent uh and then the data is going to inform you as long as you're being consistent the data is going to tell you something interesting on the you know for the following month that's so important yeah that consistency is so important if you're going to actually get some proper detailed stats that you can rely upon so yeah whatever whatever tool you're using you know facebook itself you can look at the insights, but you're going to need to know which theme that you're using for each content. So you can actually get some really good statistics on there to see how you're doing, which is great. So I, do you know what, Andy, we, we could talk about this for probably a whole other podcast and, really and more. Uh, there's so much to talk about, but we've run out of time. Just before we finish, I just want to, I, ask, I do, do like to ask all my guests this. You've done live video before, obviously, but this is a live video at the moment. Do you get nervous and how do you get through those nerves if you do? Uh, yes, I do. Um, and it's just just preparation. Uh, I'll, I'll write down key areas that I want to speak about or talk about. And preparation is the only way that I, I feel most comfortable, really. So like, for example, in this in this call today, you had already pre-warned me what we're going to talk about. So, you know, I can you know, my notepad next to me uh, of, <laughs> of things to make sure we, we touch on. So it's, you know, that's why I say it's prep for me. Preparation is is everything really yeah. as you absolutely well i love that i'm very impressed with your notes that's that's, that's <laughs> those are very very impressive well thank you so much andy it's been great to have you on oh, we'll hopefully have you on in the future as well for another show because i know that people one of the big barriers that people have in producing live video is the content they just don't know what to say mm -hmm. and you know coming up with those themes planning the whole the whole process it's been so so important and i've I've learned a lot from what you've been saying here today. So I, I thank you so much for being on. So I, pleasure. it's been great. So how can people find out more about you and find out more about Content Cal? So Content Cal, um, find us at contentcal.io. And um, anyone's willing, well, anyone can ask me a question at any point. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Andy underscore R underscore Lambert, very catchy handle. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure Ian will mention that in there. I will, I will make sure uh, we, we put that in the notes and also a link to Content Cal as well. Is there, is there any, any, any other resources you, you wanted to share with people? Anything at Content Cal that you've produced? I mean, we can put them in the, in the, in the show notes if, if you can't think of anything right now. 
Yeah, I would say uh, the free trial is is a good thing to, to do and test out. Uh, yeah. Within that free trial, there's there's a bunch of content on content planning as well. Uh, our YouTube channel, if you can stand any more of my voice, our YouTube channel is a bit of a resource for content right. planning nerds. So um, yeah, feel free to have a check that out. That's fab. Well, again, I'll put that in the show notes. But thank you so much, Andy, for being my guest today. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, please do rate if you've enjoyed this. If you could go to iTunes and give it a five-star rating, I would so love that. And until next time, I hope you can level up your impact, authority, and profits using the power of confident live video. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. Could I have some uh, baked beans, cheese, chips, flambéed Jerusalem artichokes, celeriac foam with a reconstructed gooseberry fool on the side? No, you can't. Now go away. <laughs>